everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. Hey everybody, welcome back to QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant here from the QSR Nation National Headquarters in Holtzman, Missouri. Um, today, it's our privilege to have Karen Carson, the founder and owner of QSR Experts, LLC. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're, we're extremely excited to have you today. Now, um, as we get started, will you just kind of tell us about your background and kind of, kind of how you got into the food service industry and how you are where you are today? Absolutely. Well, I started in the food industry when I was 17 years old, and my motivation was to get a car. Uh, and my parents said, uh, well, you, you, you come up with half of the down payment, we'll do the other half. Uh, little did I know that walking around the corner to my local McDonald's that was about to open, uh, that I would end up enjoying a 40-year career with McDonald's Corporation. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> So you, I take it you came up with the other half of the money for the car. Then. <laughs> yeah, I came up with the other half and uh, didn't know I was going to have to pay for the gas, but I. <laughs> well, so tell us about your time with McDonald's. How I mean, what all did you do there from the day you walked in to the day you launched uh, QSR Experts? Well, so uh, again, I, I started working after school, and of course, I did everything from making French fries to taking orders to taking out trash and all of the things that go with running a restaurant. And then I had the opportunity to join the management team uh, at the age of about 21 or so. And after that is when I really learned about big corporations and what type of career you could have. And so I uh, was an assistant manager, a restaurant manager, and then I got promoted into middle management where I had the opportunity to supervise um, multiple units. And uh, from there, I spent time in the training department, uh, the field service department, where you work with the owner-operators, the franchisees, with their day-to-day business decisions. Uh, and then I became a department manager, which is a real launching-off po- point uh, in your career in McDonald's to w- what you're going to be able to accomplish you know, as a senior leader. And so uh, from there... Uh, I was fortunate enough to become a director uh, in McDonald's Corporation. I had a region uh, here in the in the um, southeast uh, where I oversaw 750 restaurants, uh, doing about a, over a billion dollars in sales. Wow. Uh, and then my last role in McDonald's, I was at the corporate level as a director, where I was uh, I led a team to standardize what we call the business review process for our. Uh, franchisees. So that work uh, impacted 14,000 restaurants, a few, several thousand franchisees. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to retire. And uh, after 40 years, I took the retirement and uh, took about a year off and did some traveling and, and uh, just staying at home and enjoying myself. And then uh, I was constantly getting phone calls uh, around the people that uh, are either thinking about setting up their own business former franchisees that I worked with, former colleagues, uh, asking me advice on various things, whether whether it was preparing for an interview uh, with an employee that might be uh, have an interview coming up. I got franchisees calling me saying, hey, I need to go and talk to the regional leadership because I'm having some financial troubles and I want to ask for some assistance. Can you help me prepare for that? And so after a few weeks of that happening, I realized, ooh, 
people would pay me for this. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, so I, that's when I started out thinking about if I were to launch a company, I started thinking last October, and then I just really took my time putting together uh, what my platforms would be, what services I would offer. Uh, and uh, in January, we launched QSR Experts. And so that's how I came uh, to starting my own company in January. That's exciting. Yeah, that's, wow, what a story. And congratulations on the new launch. Um, yes, so thank you. That is awesome. So when, when, when you're going in and you're, and you're talking to, uh, let's say, a franchisee, you know, what are, what are the things that, you know, before you may even get into the franchisee part, let me back up a bit, when you're looking at the different, you know, models that are out there and the different brands, if, if I was a prospect of thinking about getting into franchising, what do you think is something that I need to look at as far as like what's going to make a good brand and then what do, what do I need to support that brand before I really even dive into owning a franchise? Well, I, I think you have to have the heart to know that you're going to work harder than you've ever worked uh, for, for anyone else and because it takes day-to-day, day-in, day-out discipline uh, to run a franchise. Uh, that's got to be key. Of course, you need to have the, some, some uh, unencumbered cash uh, that you can invest into that into that business. And then, if you if you're going underneath the franchise, you have to be committed to following the expectations and brand standards of that particular franchise. The other piece I would say is when you get into this, I know a lot of people think, okay, I'm going into a franchise, I'm going to get, I'm going to get rich and I'm going to retire wealthy. You really have to manage your funds very, very key. And the successful franchisees that I've had the privilege to work of, they manage their cash around three particular areas. One is having cash to grow. Because if, you, if you're excited about a brand, you're having success with a brand, you're going to want more than one. So they set aside monies to be ready to grow. Uh, and also having people, growing their people to be able to grow into other, other locations. The second thing they set their money aside for is reinvestment. You know, as, as, as our customer base out there wants uh, new versions of old, of old things, uh, whether it's a new building, a new look, a new sandwich, a new product, you've got to have money knowing that that franchisor is going to re, re, want to reinvest, and so you're going to have to have the monies to do that. And then the final thing I see successful franchisees do is set money aside for retirement. The ones who don't do as well at the end when they retire is because they believe all along sometimes that they're going to retire on the sale of their restaurants. And at that, you don't know what the market is doing and how sales are trending. You may not get the price that you're looking for. So once from day one, you should be thinking about those three things. Wow, that's, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. advice. I mean, especially, you know, just to start off knowing that, you know, preparing for, you know, tomorrow, today, every step along the way is what I heard you saying. I mean, you know, make sure yeah. you get the cash to grow, growing your people, cash to reinvest, you know, and the money aside for time, you just plan, 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 plan for tomorrow. Plan. That it, it, it is essential to your success and really enjoying your experience as a, as a franchisee, knowing how hard you're going to work. And if you're going to work that hard, there should be something for you and your family at the end. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And when it comes to the people growing, what kind of things do you, um, do you highlight whenever you're trying to coach people and franchisees into this? Is it continuous education? Is it just their own wealth management? What are the types of things that you always try and encourage on the people growing side? On the people growing side, I think there's a couple of things. The, the number one thing that I help franchisees with is succession planning. 
who do and and and, I, and in that succession planning identifying who your top talent is so who are my top people if i were to if my franchisor were to come to me and say we have three locations we we'd like to know if you're interested in growing growing into those locations who are the people that i can trust who've done well that i can prepare to grow into those and be promoted into those uh general manager roles if you will uh so you've got to be able to identify your top talent and then you've got to identify who's my talent that's kind of in the middle that with some additional coaching and training and continual education as you said uh-huh. who are those people that could, could that could come along and be part of the future if i invested more time and education in them and then unfortunately we do have that list that might have those folks that you know they kind of got one foot in the business and one foot out so we need to make the call that crucial call on what it is that they need to do and so part of that in all three areas of that i think timely and um thorough uh, performance reviews are very critical in all three of, of those areas. It's well, very good advice. Yeah, that's that very one. good advice, and and that's one thing is you know you know the the timely and you knowness of that performance review. I mean, how often? I mean, are you, are you talking? Do you think that we need to be reviewing folks every six months, every month, once a year? What what do you feel is the best way to, to keep a good handle on your talent pool and and their commitment to uh, the brand? Mm-mm. You know, I, I think uh, a general rule is every six months is, is a very good, like a mid-year review, because at the mid-year you can recap uh, how they, have they met their goals and expectations, and then how do you end the year strong? And not only do that with performance reviews, but as a franchisee, I want to do that with my own business planning. Uh, and then if you have, again, those that middle group that I said, those middle performers and maybe underperformers, you might want to meet with them on a regular basis because you might put them on some type of very specific goals that need to be monitored and reviewed every 30, maybe 60 or 90 days so that they know that you're committed and very serious about them improving. That's great advice. That way you can, you know, your top performers will continue to perform but know that they're you know, got touch points and goals, and then you're, you're, you sound like you're going to be able to grow that middle town pool and possibly even save some of those on-the-fence folks that got, like you said, one foot in the business and one foot out and, and or, yeah. or make a decision, you know, of where right, you need absolutely. to go with that individual. And, yes, and you don't want those the, that group to be lingering out there six months at those six months yeah. increments. You need to see them on a regular basis. Well, when you're talking about you know the people there, we've talked about you know the cash planning. What what are the key areas that franchises really need to be looking at to ensure the profitability without sacrificing brand commitment? I think with profitability, you've got your fixed costs and you've got your vari- your variable costs. Um, you should be monitoring your fixed costs on a fairly regular basis to see if am I getting the best services for the best price? Are there prices or is there uh, anything on my P&L statement that I don't need any longer. And so that's why that business plan and review of your vendor's plan is so important uh, on your monthly services, your monthly goods and services. Are there things that I can put into place that create more efficiency, uh, uh, whether it's my, my waste solutions, uh, my services that come, uh, you know, your uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning services, your plumber, you know, those types of things. Are you getting the best services for your price? And if not, can you shop around? It's also good to talk to other franchisees that may use some of the same services to see 
if you could collectively maybe get uh, some pricing uh, when you have certain jobs and working together on that with the vendor. Sometimes they might, might do that, and especially when buying equipment. There might be a special price that you can take advantage of. You know, how, how do you achieve that you know, without sacrificing your brand commitment? If you have a great product from a great supplier, I wouldn't touch that. You can always gotcha. certainly talk about cost and delivery, yeah. but if you have a great product that people crave, you don't want to undercut your raw products to produce something cheaper that may impact your customers coming into your restaurant and impact your guests. And so I think that's really important because at the end of the day, you've got to have a great product that is consistently made. It's got to be made by and delivered by great people with great hospitality, and it's got to be served in a nice, clean environment. And so when you look at that whole picture, do I, am, I, am I spending my money wisely to create that on a day-in and day-out basis? I hope that helps. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Join us next week as we continue our discussion with Karen Carson. Today's episode is brought to you by Kit Dell, your premier kitchen and deli experts. Visit them at kitdell.com. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast.